you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in a warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later, right here on this Sunday Morning Sleep-In podcast. Now you're still going to miss out on some cool stuff that you get when you go to church, like hanging out with your friends, intergenerational community, inspiring music, praying in the place with the worn steps and the worn railings. Oh, and you're also going to miss out on cookies. Let's not forget cookies. Cookies. But we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a new age. We're average pastors, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home or working or coaching your kid's soccer team or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Now, each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. And whatever day it is when you're listening to this, whether you're snuggling up in your favorite onesie or taking a walk around the block, we hope that you receive this with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we don't really care if you agree with everything we say or not. We don't expect you to. In fact, we want you to use your brain, that thing between your ears. No way. We think it's there for a reason. And we encourage you to figure out what you think. Our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So Chris. So Susan. I'm continuing in Philippians. What? I'm shocked. Shocked. More Philippians for everyone. More Philippians for everyone. This is towards the end of the letter where Paul says some things that perhaps you've heard maybe in a song. Uh, The verse I'm really excited about that that piqued my interest this week was rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Perhaps you've heard the song. In a very repetitive song. Yes. 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 In fact, my band started singing it once I mentioned that. I love those words. You know, like I just, I hear them and and like, like I say, you sort of, the song is a little, little bit earwormy. Yeah. And sometimes like we get so focused in on faith as comfort that we forget that it's actually supposed to be fun too. Yeah. And that there should be some joy in it. And I think it's sometimes hard. It's really sometimes hard to remember to do the rejoicing that we get all caught up in what is and what's around us and the news and, and all that stuff. And I think the folks who originally heard this letter were also in that place, right? Mm. And that, that the, that the audience that received this letter was in a whole bunch of different places, right? Like there's the person who just had the most amazing week ever, like mm-hmm. everything went right and all the good things and it's, you know, they're satisfied and they're content and they, there's somebody else who barely dragged themselves out of bed to get to the oh, church yeah. because their life has been a country song for the last seven days. Exactly. Right. Right. And then there are the people in the middle mm. who had the highs and the lows at about the same quantities. And, you know, they've had this meeting and that meeting and it's kind of described as kind of the week that slips from memory. Yeah. Where'd it go? Who knows? Yeah. I don't even remember what I had for lunch yesterday. And, you know, like you said, the people who just, you know, just barely getting themselves to church or getting themselves into community or just have had a uncertain week or loss or grief. And I think that that just names a lot of a lot of places. Right. And and but to all of that, Paul is saying there's rejoice. Right. And I had reflecting upon my week last week, you know, sometimes we end up with all three of those things in one week Mm. coming on the heels of the stuff in Las Vegas I was I was in the Bay Area. I was hanging out with my brother and taking my mom to a doctor's appointment. And my brother and his 
spouse lost their uh, their home up in Santa Rosa in those big in the big fires and and that was like the news of Monday morning and and to turn on the news and to watch all of that unfolding in the Bay Area because there was like which is still hours. unfolding and it's, it's still 10 unfolding days later right yeah and then to do this medical appointment that wasn't it wasn't all good and it wasn't all, all bad. bad it just was yeah. right there's stuff there and there's stuff there and then to spend two days interviewing folks who are answering the call to ministry. Mm. And it just, you know, it's just one of those weeks where you're like, you're inspired by them and you're also exhausted by them. them and, and yeah, you know, all of it together. Yeah. And then Friday we had a chili cook off at church. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, the whole spectrum of <laughs> the like whole spectrum, tragedy right? and joy and, and yeah, dullness and, and dullness and exhaustion. Yeah. And I'm still, I'm still feeling a little like, not quite all there, and and this week I was only been in as... three of those meetings, but it, it it's taxing, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. yeah, you were only in three of the interviews, and you had how many? Ten? Yeah, that's a lot. Somewhere like that. Yeah, we and it was like a full day, and yeah, and so so then you get back to church, and it's like rejoice, rejoice, right? But but it is. I mean, it is in the midst of that. Joy is the word that that Paul would remind us of. He's writing a letter to people who are struggling with being community and figuring out how they live into this message that they have heard. This is one of the one of the texts, and we'll talk about with Chris is, you know, what's happening here? We're not exactly sure because it's a letter and we only got half of it. Yeah. <laughs> but we can clearly see that, that, that there's, there's tension and there's um, growing pains. And sometimes we hit the, and when we're in those situations, we hit the nail on the head. And sometimes we hit our thumb. But Paul brings up joy, not as a promise that we're never going to have the awful week and that every week is going to be glorious, but rather as a reminder of why and how we will be able to survive and thrive Hmm. as we deal with what happens in life, conflict, the, the, the ways that daily life wear away from the mountaintop experience. Well, and the kind of constant anxiety that comes from... A fairly unstable political situation, situation and and world powers, powers that are posturing and, and you know there's like there's all these different layers of there's like my life and then there's my community and then there's like the globe open. and all of it is on our shoulders all the time right. and then, then there's those things that just sort of chip away at sort of like the initial conviction that we never quite carry the same faith tomorrow as we did yesterday mm. up down sideways left right influenced by something else and sometimes we we go too long without the practice of joy mm. that wearing away that, you know, the, the sand in the gears is, yeah. As uh, Frank Turner would say, as Frank Turner would say, you know, erodes the energy and confidence of what we would, what we once had. So Paul is leaving everyone, them and us, I think with some encouragement and we all need some encouragement. Mm. And this is good encouragement, right? Um, moments of discouragement in our life seem, can seem endless. <laughs> loss of heart, loss of conviction, loss of confidence. We could sit here all af- all evening and <laughs> yeah. name them, right? Inertia. <laughs> so often, as a pastor especially, I describe, you know, the work we do sometimes is pushing trains up hills. Yeah. Well, and then there's there's inertia, which is sort of like, ugh. and then yeah. there's apathy, which is, eh. you know, sometimes the joy is in the is in the work, but lots of times it's when we finally get to the top of the hill. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what were you talking about? The goals in the last episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and you know, in those those moments where there's something that, that 
that we give up because it doesn't seem to be important to anyone but us. Yeah. And sometimes we can't uh, gather the resources that it would take to continue in the midst of setbacks and betrayals. So there's oftentimes that what we're doing is renewing ourselves, renewing our hearts and tending the flame to take encouragement and pursuing to keep the, the path aligned with God, that we're the faithful path, the one aligned with God's will. Mm-hmm. Paul's words are encouragement here aimed at our hearts and aimed at our hearts, but allow us to use our mind as the tool to affect our hearts. Okay. He says, believe whatever is pure, whatever is just, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is pleasing, that these are things that can shape our heart. And that if we don't look at those things regularly, consistently, then our heart is shaped by our cynicism and our disappointment disappointment and and our sadness sadness and and disappointments and frustrations. And and Paul really means like, like, these are the things that we should be holding up regularly, not just occasionally, not when we're busy, not busy with something else. Like he's like, these are, these are, you know, ponder them in your heart. You know, as Mary does, you know, as we, as when we tell the story of Mary, right? Pondering. She kept all these things and pondered them them in in her heart. heart, Right. Um, And and I kind of actually like the idea of sort of steeping, like, like you would a teapot, right? Yeah. If I could imbue you. Right. Yeah. Kimberly Willis used to talk about soaking. Uh huh. So there, during prayer times when we would have special services, Mm -hmm. we would create a bunch of prayer stations. Mm -hmm. But we know that not everybody is going to get up and go to a prayer station. And so we say, or you can you stay soak. where you are and just soak. soak. Right, right, like just, right. Just absorb right. the grace of God that is around you. That when we do that, it, it fixes something in our mind and changes our heart. And, mm-hmm. you know, the blood that flows through us carries something different. Yeah. I started and, out this year with the resolution of posting one positive news story every day. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted us to remember that, like, Facebook was for more than political arguments. Right. And so I wanted it to be, like, positive things. And then I realized that because of the algorithm of Facebook, mm-hmm. nobody was seeing what I was posting. <laughs> and I was like, fine, I'll look up the stuff for myself, but I'm not going to share it. Right. Like, it'll be fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm a big fan of the, you know, at least Sunny once skies. a day. Going and looking at the cute picture of the, the adorable puppy. Right. Yeah. I watch the, uh, I, I have the We Rate Dogs on my Twitter. Mm-hmm. And cute emergency, all things that are helpful. Yes. In yes. the midst of Twitter feeds that are freaking out, there's right. like a donkey on a hammock. Makes yeah. me happy. Makes you happy, right? And this is the stuff that changes the rest of our living. Um, from our walking, our resting, becoming default. Like that's the that's the habit. And our lives are transformed. My cynical side says, yeah, 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 yeah. That's just sort of trite. It's a little squishy, right? It's a little like... It's a little woo-woo. Woo-woo, right. But there's actually some, like, background to this, right? So when you think of reason, we tend to think of there's only two two types of reason. There's the idea of inductive or deductive, Mm -hmm. right? So in case you don't know what deductive, I know you know what deductive is. Yes, because I read Sherlock Holmes. Right? Exactly. So the example I have is all humans are mortal. Socrates is a human. Therefore, Socrates is mortal. Mm-hmm. Right? It's deductive. Like Logic. A plus B equals C. Okay. And then there's this thing called inductive. And it's something they try and teach in preaching class, which I'm not sure any of us it ever quite get to. circling around your point until everybody is so confused that you can <laughs> stop and they'll think you've said something profound. Okay. That's what it means in 
preaching um, class. Preaching class. Fred Craddock's methodology. Right, right. But inductive um, reason is this: is what we do when we do like scientific experiments. Mm-hmm. Right. So here's the, the example would be having performed many experiences and made many observations, we can conclude that water consists of two parts of hydrogen and one of oxygen. Okay. All these different things. It may not be A plus B equals C, but when we put all the evidence together, we, we can come, come to, to this some kind of conclusion. conclusion. Right. But there's another variety of reason. And that variety of reason is called pictorial or imaginistic. Imaginistic. How did you like that? Sounds word? like a word you made up. I did not make it up. It somebody else like did. Somebody is cheating at Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> I got no answer for that. Here's the description of that. A child opens uh, an encyclopedia and reads horse, and her herbaceous quadruped that runs on one toe. Okay? That's exactly what a horse is. One toe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you look at the bones. Anyway, but when you say horse, when I say horse to you, there's an image that pops into your head, isn't there? There's mostly a smell, but yes. <laughs> That's I, also part of your imagination. I right? like the smell. You like the smell. I like the smell. Okay. okay. There's a smell and there is uh, a texture and there is mm-hmm. an image and there is a feeling and uh-huh. there is all a of memory. that, right? Yeah. All of that, right? You know, if, if a kid has seen the Black, Black Stallion movie, when you say horse, perhaps that's what they see and they have the adventure and the danger and the affection and the strength and the loyalty, like all of that and all mm-hmm. of what you were talking about, right? Is all of it is is the imaginistic reason, right? You know, we can think, oh, that's just a kid, right? But but when we think about it, right, like like when you hear um, expressions like say immigrant or new American or refugee, your imagination pulls out all these things mm-hmm. about those things: good, bad, right, wrong. We're flooded with those images and they create emotions and shape our actions and thoughts mm-hmm. in some ways more strongly than our inductive or deductive reasoning. Mm. Yeah. We have a reaction. We have our reaction. We live in our imagination in a way that we are often not aware of. I was talking about this with my atheist philosopher friend the other day. He had seen a clip of Jim Carrey, who is a nutball talking about identity mm-hmm. and how we imagine ourselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that we should stop sort of, it was almost like we should stop labeling ourselves because we're never right. Right. It's like who we imagine that we are and then what we actually do and say and think mm-hmm. and how we behave are not often aligned. Yeah. And so we should just stop trying to describe who we are because we're always wrong. Right. That, that we really are a bunch of other things put together, but that we have this imagination mm-hmm. that tells us this is the narrative. This is my identity. This is this is who right. I am, even if it's not lined up with what's true. Right. So I think what Paul, you know, getting back to Philippians and Paul and these words, these descriptors, right? These things that are honorable and true and just and pure and pleasing and commendable is that these are the words that will fo- foster the imagination when it comes to everything else. And if we're in the midst of those things, um, what does that do for our living? Yeah, we might have more grace for people. We might have more grace for people. We might, have, we might have more hope. We might have more hope. The apostle is just being really, he's being profound here, right? Mm-hmm. Paul's being pretty profound here. He's saying, you know, when we hear the word true, what comes into your mind? And how does that shape how you move in the world? 
When you hear godly, who is that person? Who's that person you're, you're, you're subconsciously probably trying to emulate maybe or mm-hmm. feeling or experience that you want to have come from you? Paul is sort of saying, catch the vision of what I'm talking about here so you can be a part of God's vision and be in the midst of it. When it's in our imagination, it's with us. Mm-hmm. I see there, there's a sense of stewardship here, you know, because this is that season where we're really thinking about that and talking about it because, you know. Well, and how do we approach how we invest our lives? How do we how we invest our lives? It's not just, and how do we want to be seeing the world? Hmm. Do we want to see it with God's eyes or the 24-hour news cycle's eyes? Well, that one's easy. That one's easy, right? Yeah. But how do we, how do we, you know, imagine and, and live into those visions in ways that are um, joyful? This, there's a connection here with living in the, not uh, understanding how we influence our imagination and where joy comes in. Sadie Stone went to Yale. Mm-hmm. She tells everybody who she meets that she went to Yale and she had a professor there who talked about the moral imagination. Mm. And what if we approached our lives saying, how can this be joyful? How can this be something that brings peace and hope? How can right. this be something that makes everybody feel like they belong rather than saying, what do I think this person deserves? Right. Um, and so it's the, it's about inviting yourself to create a reality that is steeped in joy. Yeah. How, how cool would living that way be? Mm. It may not always be easy, because I think that will call us, our imaginations will call us away from the standard answers we've been given mm-hmm. and into something that will take some work mm-hmm. and will take some vision casting. And it takes us away from thinking there's one way to do things. Mm. And that the the way things have been are the way things they should always be, but that that's where where God leads us and and envisions us. You know, the kingdom of God is is this really wide vision out of God's imagination that we're asked to join with. And how do we joyfully do that? How do we how do we come to that with the joy that we? So yeah. And a word about evangelism here. Yeah. Who wants? To experience your religion if you are constantly dreary and annoying. Oh, please. Yeah. People catch what is going to bring them joy. And so, you know, if we really are crazy about helping people fall in love with God and fall in love with community, we actually have to be part of a community they want to be part of, which right. which means not not being so serious all the time, not taking ourselves so seriously. Um, I, right. I like the idea of, you know, imitate versus impersonate, not trying to be God or be right. Jesus, but simply saying, man, there is this really cool thing that we get to be a part of. Right. We get to express in lots of different ways. And man, we're going to have fun while we do it because that's one of the markers of God showing up. It's a fruit of the spirit joy. Yeah, exactly. And so we want to do that so that other people can also experience joy. Yeah. We're not here to spread drudgery. Well, and, and, and I think it connects with what, you know, I think it's Paul sort of, it's the same letter, but 
sometimes you can see Paul's brain, you know, connecting, right? <laughs> click, 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 right. And last week it was the whole idea of, you know, having the perfect thing and, you know, mm-hmm. I had the perfect pedigree and all of this stuff. And now he's, he's, he's stepping into, he, he's talking about something that's a little more amorphous and a little, little bit more squishy. Yeah. <laughs> but he says, I'm finding joy here. Yeah. And I know you can find joy here. Yeah. Which is really cool. So here we go. All right. Well, thank you, Susan. And thanks to all of you for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. If you have questions for us, if you want to share some stories about joy or any of the other things that we've discussed ever, shoot us an email. We're at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. You can find us at sundaymorningsleepin.com where there will be what the history ladies call show notes. <laughs> so not only will you find the, the audio file uh, there, but you'll also find links to all the different things we've been talking about, including the scripture. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, the scripture for the podcast was Philippians 4, 1 through 9. And the theme music that you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. So at the end of a worship service, the end of this podcast, even sometimes when we part with friends, we give each other a blessing. The blessing, I think, in here, in in our scripture and in Paul's words and in our conversation is about the imagination of what joy can do. The imagination of what steeping ourselves in God's goodness and God's grace and God's mercy, even when we don't feel like we deserve it, even when we the world tells us we are less than or that we'll never amount to anything. God says, imagine more uh, and imagine how I see you because that's who you should be. And so let us live into the reason, not just of inductive and deductive, but let's live into the reason of imagination. Imaginistic. Imaginistic. To see where God is leading. Amen. Amen. Imaginistical. Imaginistical.